There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. For sure. How you doing today, hockey fans? It's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. We're coming at you here with Season 5, Episode 6, an episode I'm calling the Kluzak, a.k.a. Gord Kluzak, Boston Bruins defenseman through uh, the sort of mid to late 80s. Uh, only played 299 games for the Bees while wearing number 6 uh, before he was forced to retire. Gord's from Climax, Saskatchewan. Uh, you gotta love it. We've got a great show for you today. It's co-host Tom here, and I am not, as always, as I always am, with co-host Randy. Uh, I am actually sort of on location in southern Ontario. We'll call it a scouting trip for the Oshawa Generals. Uh, But Randy's got uh, a great conversation coming up right away here with with Michael from uh, Dynasty Hockey Co. of Long Island, New York. So without any further ado, let's, uh, let's throw it over to Randy here. All right, thanks, Tom. Uh, joining me now is uh, Michael Negan from the Dynasty Hockey Co. Michael, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back. So, so we've had we had you on the show. I believe it was last year um, to talk mm-hmm. some talk some Islanders and talk about your company. Tell us a bit about uh, where you're from, uh, who's your team, and 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 what what you're what, what you're up to. I'm currently in Brooklyn. Uh, that's where I live these days. Uh, but, you know, I grew up on the island um, and I've been following the Islanders since since I'm young. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate in that once I started getting into hockey, they were like about to hit their, their peak of uh, of success. You know, like maybe only one Stanley Cup into the dynasty years. So, um so between that and and the miracle on ice in 80 like it was perfect time to get into hockey hockey was sort of exploding especially on long island where i was growing up um and you know it's just sort of a a lifetime love you know it's it's funny because you know they're they're a suburban team you know and there's not a lot of suburban teams so i I feel like it feel it always felt like the coliseum always felt like a neighborhood institution you know it didn't feel like um you know it was removed it felt like it was just integrated into the into the burbs so um i I think that's partially why you see such a rabid fandom with islanders fans is because they feel so connected to the to the community and the organization and uh you know i've been connecting with a lot of islander fans now since i've i've launched this and and you know especially the old school cats they they always have like funny stories about like I was in the Gary Howard fan club and we would meet here and like and I was telling this one guy I was like yeah I remember Brian Trottier came to my local supermarket to sign autographs <laughs> in like 1983 you know they were huge and he's sitting in the checkout for like one of the lines just standing there signing autographs and everybody's online through the store it was just so bizarre yeah. like you wouldn't see that now having said all that you know I, I've been wanting to have 
it's i've been searching for islanders gear for like a long time i just i don't like the design of a lot of sports gear i feel like you know it's a little bit thoughtless it seems like you've got to be like tailgating for it to even be appropriate you know <laughs> so um so between that and like you know for lack of a better term streetwear is something that's sort of been like part of new york culture for so long so I think that was like sort of the big influence in, in trying to do something that would like elevate the, the you know, the, the gear that we designed for this. So, um, so that, so that was my influence. So it's, you know, it's, it's making, you know, Islanders gear, but it's influenced by art. It's influenced by movies. It's influenced by music, you know, like I'm trying to bring in all these other references and, um, you know, other interests uh, to, to uh, sort of inform the design of this stuff. The way that you kind of uh, weave together hockey and, and you know some some band shirts that we all know mm-hmm. and love and and all that stuff. It's you know especially for our, a lot of our listeners, uh, a lot of your designs kind of pull from some bands that we love. But we'll we'll get we'll get to that here in a little bit. But first, uh, I got some I got some Islanders questions okay. uh, to ask you, and basically. Um, you know, we're going to kind of treat you as you're, you're our kind of Islanders insider, you know, like okay, cool. if, we, if we think about our little network of friends, uh, we had Russ Rankin on the show a couple weeks ago. He's our New Jersey Devils uh, oh, nice. correspondent. And so now we got yeah. the Islanders. So, <laughs> so uh, just kind of look, uh, rewinding back to, to the off season, our, our cities were somewhat a little connected because of Barry Trotz uh, right. le- leaving the Islanders. And then we, you know, the, the trots watch that was kind of going on here from, right. from your perspective as an Islanders fan and kind of being over there, what was it like with trots leaving? Uh, and then uh, I guess it's Lambert who is the new coach. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. just take me through that. Like, was that something that you guys, uh, you knew was coming or anything like that? Or I had no idea that was coming. Uh, you know, I got a text from a buddy of mine when it happened in the afternoon, it was like some random weekday during the summer. And I was just like, this can't be right. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? Um, so it just came out of left field. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I have to imagine there's a lot more to it than just having one bump season. Um, you know, I, I know they said Trot's contract being almost up didn't play into it, but between that Lambert was obviously interviewing everywhere that had, uh, an opening, a coaching opening. The only thing I could think is that, you know, they were going to, at the end of this season, if Trot stayed, Potentially, they were going to lose Trotz and Lambert. So you could have lost both of them, you could, or you're going to lose one of them. You know, so I, I feel like, and and everything you're reading or hearing is that Trotz also wants to get into management. So I think that maybe played a part in it as well. It seems like there's no animosity. Like every time I see Trotz is like on a podcast, I swear every other week. And um, he's always talking about how he's like, he talks to, to Lamorello all the time. Like he talks to him every week or two. So um, I'm thinking that, you know, maybe he, the, he was planning on transitioning out and they didn't want to lose Lambert. And, you know, so they just sort of accelerated, you know, the timeline on it. Yeah. And then fair enough, like that, um, you know, you have to think about your future of your franchise and make sure you don't lose two guys compared to just losing one. Uh, yeah. And then basically the, you know, I guess you could call it like the, the frenzy of, of Barry Trotz kind of 
potentially going to like all these different cities and what like whether whatever was true and what was not true and whatever but mm -hmm. yeah i remember looking back at i had an email with you sometime in the summer and you even saw that a winnipeg brewery offered trucks <laughs> <laughs> beer for life and that whole that whole kind of frenzy of a few weeks right. in the summer um but uh yeah all that said you know trots is not coaching yet and maybe looking at some sort of return in the in the future but we've right. got our guy with Rick Bonus and Scott Arneal and uh you know Rick Bonus finally got his first win behind the bench he kind of was bad <laughs> he was battling covid for uh for a few weeks there so yeah but, um yeah so like with this coach you know coaching changes are maybe not as often in Winnipeg and they're um, you know, but like for the Islanders, you know, you guys are kind of going into this season with a new coach, uh, yeah. like, like you mentioned a bit of a, uh, you know, uh, underachieving season last year, you yeah. know, they, you there was the challenges with, I believe with the road trip and then COVID going through the team and stuff yeah. like that. Like, so, so moving into the new season was a new coach, maybe like a little refreshing for Islanders fans or what was um, the perspective? Like, I think, um, I, trust is just so loved. I, I I think a lot of people were a little bit upset. I think there was like tentativeness about embracing Lambert off the bat. Um, but having said that, this this guy's been his uh, assistant for years now, um, and you know he's coveted elsewhere in the league because he's constantly he was constantly interviewing for all these jobs. Everybody always wanted to talk to him. So I think there was like it, it was cautious <laughs> the embrace by the fan base. Um, and especially with the way the season started, they, you know, they dropped a couple early and I think everyone's like, Oh, what do we, what did we get rid of trots for? Like, you know, what are we doing? And then now, now we're starting to see the fruits of, you know, him opening up the system a little bit more, um, defense has been activated. They're getting so much more involved. You know, we, we, we hardly had any goals from the defense last year. And now all of a sudden, you know, that they're, they're, they're scoring a ton. So, um, I think now people are starting to really embrace it. That's actually something that they mentioned about the Winnipeg Jets is like how how D the D are getting activated more and that like you mm -hmm. know you see teams are right. being a lot more successful like adding that uh, other guy to the rush making it a four on three or whatever it ends up right. being. But so we're we're roughly uh, you know some teams are at twelve games into the season some are at ten some are at eleven but mm -hmm. um, you know basically right now the Islanders are uh, currently in third in the Met. Um, mm -hmm. You know, under behind them, you got the Rangers. Philly had a hot start; they've kind of cooled off a bit. Um, Washington, yeah. Pittsburgh—they're all—they're all below the Islanders. I think yeah. a lot of people wouldn't have called that. Also, with New Jersey uh, in second, just above them, and and, and Carolina, Carolina. I think um, you know, a lot of people I think were picking uh, Carolina for the Met, but right. um, like that's a pretty strong division. Um, yeah. you know, what, what are your, what are your thoughts after, you know, roughly 10, 11 games? Um, I, I feel like, you know, there's always this, you know, these teams that have these hot starts in October and they, they look like world beaters and then they sort of start coming back down to earth by think by, you know, American Thanksgiving. Um, you know, the, the hurricanes, I sort of expected this from them. Um, the devils, I feel like came out of left field, you know, early on when the Islanders were losing those first couple of games, there was that game they dropped to the Devils, and I was like, well, that's the only game they lost that they should have won. You know, when you look at the schedule and you're like, these are the games you have to win. These are the ones that could go either way. These are the ones you're okay dropping. The Devils game was the one early. I was like, they have to win that. But now seeing what the Devils are doing to other teams, they're just running it up on these teams. I was like, well, maybe that wasn't the game, you know? 
they're a lot better than I think anybody saw coming. Um, the Rangers are going to be fine. They're, they're a good team. Um, the Caps are dealing with the, a lot of injuries to start the season. So I, I felt like they were going to start slow. The Pens sort of surprised me on one hand, but then on the other hand, I'm like, they're getting old. <laughs> you know, if that yeah. window starts closing, would anybody be surprised? Um, yeah. So who else, who else did I miss? Did I miss anybody? Uh, well, Co- Co- Columbus is in there, but oh, you know, yeah, yeah, but at the very bottom, they're they're currently in Finland right now, playing against Colorado. Um, right. So you know, fr- from a distance, you know, if you look at the Islanders uh, roster, you know, f- as Winnipeggers, you know, we're familiar with like Barzell and Brock Nelson, mm-hmm. uh, Anders or Anders Lee, um, mm-hmm. obviously um, Ryan Pollock, who's from Manitoba. Uh, right. is like, is there anyone kind of new on the scene that uh, over in, in Long Island, that's kind of, uh, like kind of a, a, a surprise or, or is it kind of the same crew and they're just kind of, they, uh, I mean, they basically ran it back from last year. Um, I think the only difference on the roster is Romanoff who they traded for on draft day from the, from the Canadians. Um, you know, they traded a first round pick for him, which some people thought was high, but you're also talking about a, a very young defenseman who's able to, you know, eat a ton of minutes and and play in your in your um you know your six your six rotation and you have no problems. He could even move up into like a three four slot if you needed to. Um, so he, he's probably the newest face. Um, Dobson just continues to get better and better. I think you know he he's like a, a Norris contender. Um, he really broke out last year and uh, he's picked right up where he left off. He's just like, it's just great to watch him control the play, get involved offensively. Um, He's pretty sound defensively. He's been great. I think that's, that's like the, the, um, one of the most exciting young players on the team. Um, And then there's a couple of young players that you just want to see sort of elevated Uh, Beauvillier, Anthony Beauvillier, uh, who I'm not sure if you're familiar with, but he's always been streaky. If if Lambert could get him to be more consistent, he's he's got great speed. Um, he's gifted offensively. Uh, you just like to see consistency from him. And the other one's Oliver Wallstrom. I don't know how familiar you are with him, uh, but he's got a fantastic shot. And this season, they've been trying to to um, have him on Barzal's wing. So if Barzal could have like an actual sniper on his wing, it it would make a huge difference because he's never really had that. And do you guys still have? Uh, the best fourth line in hockey is that is that just still a thing? I, they they look better this year than they did last year for sure. Um, they they really had a renaissance. Um, I know a couple of I, I think Clutterbuck and and Martin had surgery last off season and they started off really slow and they looked disjointed and they they looked like maybe they were starting to slow down. And this year, they, from the first game, they've been the most consistent line on the team. Every game, you know what you're getting out of them. They're they're sound defensively. They're banging bodies. Um, they've been good. Right on. So, what what's the first song that you got queued up for us? Okay, so the first one I picked was uh, "Brave Captain" by Firehose. Um, you know, this is Mike Watts' band after the Minutemen. Um, I wasn't never super into the Minutemen, but I, I really liked Firehose. My biggest memory of this song is uh, it was in the Santa Cruz um, skateboard company video called "Streets on Fire." And there was a skater called Nottis Copus. I don't know if you're familiar with him, who was just like, you know, he was like one of the first guys to really bring street skating, like, uh, and give it a lot of attention. Um, and he skated to this song in the video, and it just like blew my mind when I saw it. He was just so good. Um, and Nottis also 
was a great artist and a great designer. He ended up becoming like VP for Quicksilver, the the surfboard company, um, and he did all the design for them. And it, he's just like such an inspiration in in that regard as well. Um, so you know, this is a song that I always I've been going back to since like junior high school. I, I love this one, and it just brings back so many memories. Um, and just his style of art, you know, is an influence on me. Um, and it, it definitely, I always think back to it. And I have that that um, that sticker that we came out with with the screaming hand, um, and that's influenced by that 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 comes from Santa Cruz, the skateboard company. And also, just the, like the lyrics of the song, I feel like this is a shout out to Lambert. You know, uh, you know, Captain, there are doubts in your abilities. You know, it's just like the starting place from where he was to start the season. So um, this, that's why I, I chose this song. Captain, there are doubts regarding your ability. Right, that was Firehose here on Talking Hockey, and we are talking with Michael Negan here from the Dynasty Hockey Co. 
what was kind of building towards uh, getting, you know, your products uh, designed and, and back online and, and putting them for sale? Towards the end of the summer, I just, I took the store offline because I was, you know, preparing a bunch of new designs. So I wanted to just be able to start fresh once the season started. I actually started like about a week before, um, you know, the before like the last uh, game of the preseason. Um, but I just wanted to, you know, build up a little bit of excitement and, um, and I had a little something in the works with MSG networks. Um, and I knew that that was coming. So, um, I wanted to just release everything and start fresh for the new season. And, um, and the excitement, it was crazy. Even before the MSG thing, um, the excitement for the end of the preseason, I think everyone was just like really excited for Islanders hockey to get started again this year. I think, you know, there, there was like a, a bit of a disappointment last year. And I think that every, the excitement was building. I could sort of feel the energy. Um, so then I went back online with all the new stuff and and it's just been overwhelming. It's been really great. So tell me about like the MSG thing, the, the, the media crew from MSG network came and interviewed you and stuff or what, what happened there? Yeah. Some, a woman had DM'd me on Instagram and saying, Oh, you know, I work for MSG. Would you want to collaborate on something? And I was, I sort of thought it was a scam because you know, with the business account, you get a lot of like spam kind of things. But then um, I was like, sure, email me. So she emailed me and I looked her up on LinkedIn. I did my homework. And it's <laughs> sure enough, it said she worked for MSG Networks. And uh, it, maybe for, for people in Winnipeg who might not know it, but MSG, it's like, you know, one of the biggest sports networks in New York. They carry the Islanders, the Rangers, the Devils, the Knicks. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's it's really big thing. So, um, so we had a Zoom meeting. I met with the production team. They asked me a bunch of questions about Dynasty. And then uh, about a week later, they came by with a film crew and we did an interview. They, you know, they wanted me to walk them through a bunch of the designs. Um, and then the, the opening night at about five o'clock, <laughs> I got an email like, here's the cut of the commercial. I was like, ah, I was totally not prepared that I was going to be ready because we had only done it a few days earlier. Um, but it, it looked good. And then, and then it ran and, and like, sure enough, like, um, you know, my phone blew up after the first time it ran. They're like, I didn't even know you were doing this. <laughs> like, cause I wasn't sure if it was ever going to run or, you yeah. know, sometimes these things get killed. Um, you know, it, it you know, it bureaucratically in, in house with, with these companies. So, um, so I didn't want to say anything until it was ready. Um, and then it, it was ready and it just sort of like <laughs> caught everybody by surprise. So is it an ongoing ad that's running or is it just something that yeah. runs during games or yeah? Yeah, it runs, it runs pretty much every game. Um, you know, it, it's sort of like a, a, a larger, um, uh, a larger sort of project that they have going where they, they interview different fans who do different things for the okay. teams. Um, so I, I sort of slotted into that. Um, I, I haven't seen anybody that does apparel before. So, um, so yeah, it, it runs every game and sure enough after the game, you know, after it runs, I, even if I'm not watching, I know that it's run because like you'll get some like Instagram followers or things like that. So um, it, it, it's been great. So looking through your gear here, uh, actually for the v listeners at home, it's dynastyhockey.co.co. Uh, mm -hmm. um, you know, just take, so like next up, uh, what, what's your next song that you've kind of got on the list and, and how does that tie into whether it was just one of your designs or, or, uh, you know, something that you're inspired by? Um, I'm, I'm going to go with the, um, the, the, the Bowie song next, um, moon age daydream. Um, so, that's my favorite song from the Ziggy Stardust record. Um, I, I love Bowie. Uh, he's like a huge influence. 
um, that song's on that record, which which um, I always thought about when we um, drafted Ziggy Palfi. Um, you know, they drafted him in '91. Um, I, I feel like back then I didn't. Re- I feel like stuff about especially European prospects wasn't written about much. So like he sort of like came to the team and we were like, who is this guy? You know, he's wearing 68. He's got this long mullet. Like where did this guy come from? Um, It was just like so different from other players on the Islanders at the time, both being, you know, a Czech and also, you know, just stylistically. Um, And then, you know, he broke out in like 95 and he, you know, he was putting up a ton of points. Uh, He was great. Uh, We loved, we loved him. Um, And so, you know, both, you know, paying homage to him because he was like the bright spot on some dark Islander teams in the late nineties. Um, so, um, and then they traded him in 99 and it was just such a bummer. Uh, I think it was like a cost cutting move, you know, he was about to like, you know, cash in cause he was putting up a ton of points. So, um, so I felt like we never really got to, um, enjoy him even, you know, in his prime years. So, um, between that and you know my love of Bowie, I just Ziggy, Ziggy and Ziggy went perfect together. And um, you know the shirt's influenced by like an old Ziggy Stardust, uh, an old Bowie uh, tour design. So um, they're they're married together. It's perfect. And you even went like with the three quarter uh, baseball, yeah, baseball look, which is it's a kind of its own vintage look uh, from the, from that era as well. Kind of like the. The band shirts were kind of, that were kind of like that in the back of the day, or the concert shirts that you'd get, right? Right, totally. You know, like each design, I try to pick a garment that sort of also reflects the the spirit of the design. So that that one, I wanted, I, I just fully embraced that sort of like retro seventies design that you know Bowie had on his tours. I had seen this like big. There was a big um, exhibit at the Brooklyn Museum of Bowie that sort of traveled around the country and they had all this memorabilia, this one room. And it was just amazing. Like I love the design, like I geek out on that stuff and and the typeface and all that stuff. So um, I, I really sort of researched it to make this shirt to pay homage to Palfi. And it's funny too, cause like it came out, the shirt came, I put out the shirt and it's like the guy hadn't been on the team since like 99, you know, it's, it's like 23 years since he, he played for the Islanders, but Everybody who who liked him loved him, so uh, I think people really embraced it. And he's that character, like he he's like yeah. from that era, like he's perfect. Uh, that's yeah. that's great. So, uh, yeah, here's David Bowie here on uh, Talking Hockey. I'm an alligator. Wait. 
fan um you know and long island had a huge uh punk and hardcore scene when i was growing up so um you know that kind of music is just sort of like in my blood um and i know so many people that are also islanders fans that were involved in that and like really into to punk rock um and also you know we're entering the 50th anniversary of the founders team and i wanted to do like a, an homage to like one of the early um designs for the team in my own way and so you know the the skulls wearing like chico rush's early mask uh design so um and he actually was on the broadcast the other night when they played the devils and he was talking about that mask design he said the first time he brought it out with the island on it and ny he said uh the crowd went crazy like he said you know he could hear it that like, like people talking about it cheering about it so um so it was good, you know, because I'm paying homage to this this you know early obscure mask design, but mixing it with the with with the um the love of of the misfits and and punk rock. And I you know I had seen the misfits um not that long ago. They played at MSG and they were phenomenal still. So um I was excited to sort of mix mix the elements together. Do you do you ever get someone who recognizes the design based on the music shirt first? And then they yeah. kind of see the connection. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There's a lot of people. Um, I, I feel like a lot of the, the followers on Instagram are all uh, like music, music nerds, <laughs> you know, everybody really likes any of those kinds of inspirations and they like yeah. being able to marry the two of them together. Cause then again, they feel like, all right, I don't need to be out of game tailgating to wear this. Like it, it, it's combining love 
of a couple of different things. Yeah, it's it's the perfect combination. You're right. Like how you mentioned earlier, uh, there's a lot of stale looking designs in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it's it's just nice to see, like, you know, the, like sports married with like some other th- some other aspects of life, whether it's music or art or whatever, uh, pop mm-hmm. culture even. Uh, it just it it works, and you're doing a yeah. great job. So what what's Thanks. the mis what's the misfit song you got going on here? Uh, skulls. I mean, I have to. It's got the skull on it. Um, it's you know one of my favorite songs. It's probably a little harsh. <laughs> the lyrics are sort of a little crazy, um, but you got to accept it with the misfits. I, I think you know it's just part of the, uh, the the mystique with them. Okay, so that was Skulls by the Misfits. And uh, moving on here, uh, Michael, I got to ask you. So um, the the Barzell uh, design uh, on your on your on your website, it's the Barzell thirteen on the front. It's called Bar Barzy Boys. It's obviously a Beastie Boys reference, right? Um, and so, like, if you look at the back, it's fight fight for your right to Barzy, which is like a re- reference to fight for your right to party. But the mm-hmm. front of the logo. Mm-hmm. like it's the barzy 13 with the with the square and everything mm-hmm. what like i i'm having like is that from a beastie boys logo like yeah it, yeah, it looks, yeah. From, it the, looks... from the first record oh, okay um, it was it was the logo that was on the plane that's sort of crashing into the wall ah um, yes i knew it was yeah. something with that yeah yeah okay. yeah 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 um I... And the Beastie Boys were just like, they're such a big influence in New York. Um, like, I, I really, you can't overstate, like, how much uh, they influenced everybody in New York for so long. So, you know, I wanted to pay homage to them as well. Yeah. And also, and- I feel like, you know, Barzi, he's got such a distinct playing style um, that it, it just seems like, you know, um, he it, it's, it's constantly a struggle to just, like, let him unleash that creativity and be able to skate the way he skates. Um, so, you know, it just seemed like they made sense together. 
Yeah. And again, you went with like the, the ringer T yeah. which is like kind of eighties ish, right? Like from, from <laughs> I, I had a, a BC boys shirt in high school. Uh, I saw them in Lollapalooza and uh, I had a BC boys shirt from, from that, that show that was a ringer. And I was just like, I, I just want to, you know, it just influenced the, the, the garment I chose for that design. Yeah. And I should have mentioned too, like with the misfits, uh, aisles skull mask logo, um, that's a black t-shirt, which is basically right. like for like a band shirt, like most band yeah. shirts are the black shirts. Right. So, yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. Like, again, like all, all of these connections, uh, I, I got to ask you like the dynasty hockey crew neck, um, mm-hmm. one, is that mm-hmm. based, is that based off anything or is that just something that like a design that you created? Cause you also have the L I N Y like the long Island, New York yeah. hockey sticks. thing. Yeah. Tell me about it, that, that one. That- that ties into the next song we're going to pick. Um, oh, okay, it, perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, the world-famous Supreme Team radio show. Uh, this was, um, there, look, there's any number of songs I could have picked that sort of like were running in my head when I designed that that sweatshirt. Um, the, and for people who are listening, um, you know, it, it's got um, this this type of lettering that's like, it's sort of like a, like a fuzzy material um, that's, nowadays it, we we cut it it's like laser cut and they're like heat pressed onto the the sweatshirt back in the day you could go to like any kind of shopping mall and get these things and people would get them with like little playboy logo or something like that and like a lightning bolt whatever so um but you know there was a period of time where um my punk rock scene there were a bunch of us and we became friends with these guys from staten island and we'd get together every couple of weeks and we'd watch graffiti movies um and you know all these old graffiti movies wild style style wars you know there was like break dancing and like it was like the early new york 80s scene and 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 all these crews would wear these shirts with their with their crew name on it or or their graffiti name on it um and i always just loved the style uh, in those movies um and, you know, it reminds me of the Rocksteady crew, which is like a, you know, famous breakdancing crew. Uh, the Clash, when they came to New York and, and they recorded um, Sandinista and they got really into like hip hop, they would, they had those shirts, Clash City Rockers. Um, and so that, all of those things were running in the back of my mind because I just wanted to like do uh, an item that, that, you know, married my love of, of that era of New York. And, and graffiti and breakdancing and, and and the clash and just bring that into the Islanders world and, and do something that sort of brought them together. And, um, and this, this song, um, it, it's the world famous Supreme team who was like, sort of, they were involved in, in graffiti and breakdancing and stuff like that. And Malcolm McLaren from the sex pistols brought them in and had them on his, his big record when he came to New York. And, uh, and not only that, this record cover, um, for this record is designed by uh, Sean Stussy, who, you know, uh, Stussy was a huge influence on me as far as um, designing apparel and streetwear. Um, Stussy was great, like, back in the day. Um, and, they, and they're one of the, the first streetwear companies that I felt like really brought together all of their influences. Like, they brought in graffiti and uh, punk rock and maybe reggae and hip-hop and old sports uh references 
And um, they were just one of the best to do it. So this song, you know, sort of reminds me of all of that. And uh, I, lo I love the design of the record cover. And I, and I love that old school beat in this, in this song. Um, it, it, it just, it's everything. Yeah, that's Garfield. Uh, well, listen, Kim, you talk 
back uh, talking with Michael from Dynasty Hockey Co. Um, you know, before we go any further, Michael, just tell the listeners, you know, where they can find you, where they can follow you, you know, if they're looking for whether it's gear or just to learn more, like where where, where, do, the, where do the listeners go? Um, so our website is dynastyhockey.co um, and we're on Instagram and Twitter, Dynasty Hockey Co. Um, is is our handle. Um, so that that's the main place. Um, I'm constantly updating throughout the season. Um, I have a bunch of designs on deck um, and I'll, I'll drop them periodically. So, um, and I try to, you know, I don't want to just rely on the same things and I, I have a lot of different designs that I want to get out there. So I, I tend not to reprint too much. If there's a couple of designs that are, are very popular, I'll bring them back. But generally once I'm sold out, that's it. And I move on to a new design. So, um, so it's cool. If you, if you follow us on social media, it's good. Cause I, I update the designs and what we have in the shop often. So are you seeing like, um, any side effects or any, you know, kind of buzz from, from your appearance on MSG network? Like, are you, Oh yeah. Are, yeah. Is there, has there been an increase in sales and just, and just exposure? Totally. Yeah, I mean, like I said, though, at the start of the season, even before the MSG thing ran, preseason, in the past years, I didn't really sell much. But when I when I reopened the shop, there was an excitement. I sold a bunch of stuff. But then the MSG thing came and and it, it really started to take off. Um, so every time it runs every game, um, I will definitely see a bump like right after the commercial airs. Um, a couple of orders will come in or like, you know, we get a bunch of new followers on social media. Um, so that's good. I, you know, I've, there's, there's a couple of designs. I, I reprinted the, the misfits one already because a lot of people told me that they missed their size or whatever. So um, there's, there's been a few I, I've reprinted just because I was not prepared for the MSG thing when I, when I started the season. So are you noticing, is it mostly people from the Island or is it from people from all over the U S? No, um, you know, as I don't know if you've noticed this, but in, in the new UBS arena, they have a big wall uh, up in one one corner where they have all of the the um, the booster clubs all around the country that the Islanders have. Um, and, you know, I've been talking with a bunch of them. I just did a design for the um, the, the Carolina crew. Um, they, they had a big event and I designed a shirt for them based off of a old Motley Crew design. So like all of these different meetups, I'm, I'm seeing uh, orders come in from, you know, Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, a lot, California. I've had a couple of Canadian orders. So I think, you know, um, I'm seeing orders come from all over the place. 
That's great. And so like yeah. m- moving forward, like, are you comfortable with like the level that you're at or are you like working on distribution or being in store anywhere or anything like that? What, what are your, what are your plans? I, I, you know, stuff like that. I didn't even, I don't really have a vision for it. Um, if, if it's necessary, uh, it's something I'd consider right now. I like being able to handle everything myself because, um, the designs are so personal. So, so it's, you know, I, I, I feel like, um, and also I feel like the connection to the fans is, is part of why I'm doing this too, to feel like there's other Islander fans out there that are like into what I'm doing and into the same things as me. Um, you know, when you meet people who like a band, like that, that you like, there's like a, a connection. Um, so I sort of like doing it myself. <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it feels good. Well, and that's kind of the punk rock, you know, aspect right. of it too. Like your the DIY thing. Um, mm-hmm. You'd have to say though, like Islanders fans, like it is a little bit of a cult following, like right. Mm-hmm. Like it, I think it right. fits, it fits perfectly with the theme going on here. Like right. the Islanders fans are are they're unique, you know, they're different and they're diehard, um, you know, yeah, uh, a little different than Winnipeg fans and you know Montreal. How so? How, how do you see? How do you see the Winnipeg fans? with the Rangers and the devils being, mm. being so close, like right. the, I, the identity of the Islanders um, is just very specific. I find to right. that. The other thing too, that that's different with Winnipeg is we didn't have the jets for, you know, 15 to 16 years. years. Yeah. Yeah. So then whether it was like young hockey fans coming up who didn't have the jets, then they became Oilers fans or, or Leafs fans or whatever. So Mm -hmm. we are seeing games like uh, this past couple of weeks, the Leafs were here and there's a lot of people wearing Leafs jerseys at the jets. game. Uh, Also Mm -hmm. like people prior to the jets, like people who were original six fans, like they stay true Mm -hmm. to whether they were a Red Wings fan or Bruins or whatever. So like Mm -hmm. you do see that. And actually I'm curious, like, at Islanders games, do you see a lot of people wearing the other team's jerseys? Um, less so now, um, now that they've moved to UBS. Um, that's that's uh, primarily Islanders fans. You get a, a couple here and there. Um, when they were in Brooklyn, I, a lot of games, there were a lot of fans, even Winnipeg, um, when, they, when they'd come into town. Because Brooklyn, you know, it's closer to the city. So I think, you know, in New York city and, and Brooklyn, you have a lot of people that are, that are transplants that are from all over. So um, it was an easy arena for them to get to and see their, their the team that they liked growing up or, or still followed. Um, whereas on the Island, it's, uh, it's less so because those that's a little bit more diehard Islander fans, but yeah. you do, you do see it. And I think, you know, there's also, I think the thing in hockey now is like, there's a culture of like wanting to visit other arenas. There's like uh, people really enjoy getting to see a game somewhere else than they're used to. So I think you do see people travel to the new arenas to like sort of watch a game. There obviously is a very strong Winnipeg Jets fan base, but it's, it's Mm -hmm. also quite diverse. Like, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the, there's some older generation that's really tied to Leafs and the Habs, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. you see the Oilers jerseys with McDavid and, and that sort of thing. Like the kids are, and Matt Matthews or whatever Mm -hmm. are, are into Mm -hmm. those types of players. But, um, I, I, I also, it also might be a little bit of jealousy in a way, because it's like, I wish someone would do this for the Winnipeg jets, you know, (laughs) you know, to to turn, turn some, like uh, some of our favorite band shirts into some sort of Winnipeg theme, uh, you know, uh, you know, clothing or whatever. I think that's just super cool. So just, uh, we got one more track here to play. Uh, obviously it's, uh, another 
just strong New York uh, band that, <laughs> that we all know and love. Uh, tell me about the the band, the, the song, and how it fits into Dynasty. Um, this last one is Danny Says. It's by the Ramones. Um, it, it's from the album End of a Century, which came like a little bit later in the um, th- their career. Um, you know, it was like, I think it was an early 80s record. Um, and, you know, it, maybe it's a deep cut, but I love this song. Um, the Ramones are such an influence. Um, they're from Queens. It's part of New York culture. You know, they basically started punk rock in New York. Um, and I have a design where I sort of pay homage to that, to, to the Ramones. And I have all of the, um, the, the dynasty era players who've, whose number has been retired in the stadium. Um, so, um, so that's, that's partially why I picked this. Um, also I love the lyrics on this one. I feel like, this is like one of the best examples of the Ramones, like bringing out those like Ronettes girl group uh, influences, you know, both in the, in the music and the, in the lyrics. And it's just about being on tour and being homesick and, and missing the people at home. So like in my mind, like the Islanders are listening to this on like a, on like a, you know, extensive road trip, you know? Um, and, you know, they're talking about how they can't go surfing because they're in Idaho and, and, and stuff like that. And they're, they're watching reruns on TV. Um, I just love I just love the lyrics. And I love the song. And um, that, that's that's why I picked this one. So do you think the Ramones were Islanders fans or Rangers fans? Um, I mean, they started in the 70s. So I'm going to assume that they're Ranger fans uh, just because, you know, the Islanders didn't exist till 72. And, and you know. They're a bit older, so I assume they would have grown up liking the Rangers. <laughs> right on. So just one more time, um, dynastyhockey.co is where, where folks can find you and, and look through your merchandise. Um, just And social media, is it just Instagram? Uh, Instagram and Twitter. Although, okay. I, you know, Twitter, I don't use as much as Instagram. But <laughs> Yeah, and twi- Twitter seems to be maybe a little bit of a dying, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dying scene bird. right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So, Michael, thanks again for joining us. Uh, always, you know, great to have you on the show. Best of luck to you and, and to Dynasty. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I, I like being able to talk about more than just straight hockey. Uh, like being able to mix it in the other stuff. It, it's really fun. Mm-hmm.